I guess that I guess that's kind of where it comes from. You know, working on the farm, being around folks that uh, work hard and put a lot of work in. That that definitely helped me as a kid, uh, and it definitely has influenced me now. Appalachia Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachian. Appalachia Meets World, we are here. It's Will. And Neil. Don't forget, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur, especially in eastern Kentucky, check them out. Check out the guide. Download it today. What's crack-a-lacking? A lot of sickness going around, man. A lot of sickness. Yeah, in your household? All around. I feel like we've been in a two-year version of sickness. I know. What's going on there? Okay. Man, been a trying time in Kentucky last few days. Uh, Not necessarily in uh, Appalachia, but in uh, the far western end of the state. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in Kentucky, no doubt you you already know what I'm talking about, but just complete devastation over the weekend and out in Mayfield, Kentucky, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Campbellsville, Kentucky. So uh, Western Kentucky got hit really hard with tornado. So many small towns hit what six or eight states. Uh, obviously, Kentucky got the brunt of it. I don't know if you've ever been to Dawson Springs. Uh-huh, yep. I visited over there once. Visited the mayor over there. Super nice lady, and and uh, I just saw that Dawson Sp- Springs was pretty much devastated. Sm- I mean, it's a very small yeah. town, but the entire town just devastated. Yeah, it's where uh, the president went today, actually, with the governor to uh, Dawson Springs, Kentucky. Oh. Uh, yeah, flew in and uh, saw the devastation. Yeah, it's pretty bad all over, though. I mean, I think the tornado traveled on ground like 200 miles, which is unheard of. All the coverage that I've seen, I'm not seeing it in person, obviously. I'm five hours away from all that stuff, but reminded me of a hurricane, really. I mean, the closest thing that I've seen in my life to it uh, I was in the uh, Virgin Islands about three months after hurricane down there just wiped out St. John, St. Thomas, all those places. And I was there right after it. And it was just unimaginable. Um, and I, I can only think that it's similar in Western Kentucky right now. So lots of uh, work ahead for many, many, many people and uh, some trying days for sure, for lots of families during this Christmas holiday. Yeah, definitely. I, I can't even, I can't imagine, you know, we talk about the flood in, in Pineville 77, but we're, we're way too young to really remember that. But obviously we saw the effects afterwards. I, I've been through two hurricanes in one tropical storm and seen a little bit of devastation after that, but nothing, nothing like this. I mean, it's uh, uncomprehensible. Yeah, definitely sad. For those people have seen some pictures of, you know, I saw one photo of a guy in his kitchen or in his kind of like apartment, I guess. And he was sitting in his uh, den area playing the piano. Camera spanned around, showed him sitting there playing the piano, showed his kitchen completely normal. Refrigerator was there, you know, cabinets were there, island was there. And then the camera kind of panned up and the entire roof was gone. Oh my gosh! Took the roof off, and he's still sitting there in his in his den playing the piano. So it's gonna yeah. have a 
you know, you see it all over TV, but those before and after images of entire buildings, entire downtowns, it's just, just awful. And I think there was deaths from all the, from all the, from the age of eight months, all the way up to like 85 or something like that. From five months to the couple who was, um, I think in their eighties had been married for 50 plus years, well up into their eighties, they found them holding each other basically. And I, I wanted, I just wanted to say, you know how we usually do the uh, at biz of the week at the beginning of the episode Tonight, we're just going to kind of replace that with some of the tornado response resources just to help a little bit. You know, we have mentioned a ton of times on this podcast that, you know, we're not all that different, even though we may be some from some different areas. You know, we're all connected in some way, especially in a time of need. If you're, if you're able to help out, there are a lot of ways that you can. The Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund set up by the Kentucky State Government. It's www.teamwkyreliefund.ky.gov. Just go to that website and you can make donations 100% go to the relief efforts. You might want to repeat that website, Will. I was a little confused myself. So what, what was that cause? It's the it's what the state government set up, Governor okay. Bashir in Kentucky. It's the Western Kentucky Tornado Relief Fund. It okay. is www.teamwkyreliefund.ky.gov. And we'll also put it in the show notes. I, I found a website. Uh, it, it's actually a, a Louisville station, but it's wfpl.org. They have a, a bunch of resources that you can turn to in order to provide uh, assistance. They have everything from donations monetarily, donations of blood, donations of supplies, donations of toys. You can volunteer where you can support pets and animals, as well as community helplines that people can call. They even have places to report price gouging, which sad to say some people are doing. It's a pretty good resource. It has all those all those ways that you can help and re and places that you can help in regards to those topics. KSR Kentucky sports radio has set up a fund that's in conjunction with the Kentucky chamber foundation, but it's just KSR tornado relief.com. It's in association with the Kentucky chamber foundation. And then you can go to that website and give online there as well. If you're a, if you're a giver or if you got a little extra this holiday season, uh, those people in Western Kentucky can use it. You want to make sure you get teamed up with a with a proper organization when doing that, just to make sure your funds are being used correctly. Uh, if you can, do it. I, I want I, I mentioned it briefly, but uh, there is the Western Kentucky Toy Drive. You, you know, you mentioned the holidays, and I feel like you know there there are kids, and it's hard to explain what just happened to their life. I mean, they don't have a home to go back to. They don't have a town to go back to. You know, all they know is that it's the holidays. I know Governor Rashear in Kentucky and his wife set up the Western Kentucky Toy Drive, which you know you can make donations directly to some of those families uh, that have have lost everything during the storm, just to provide a little support, and and, and it may seem meaningless in regards to the overall big picture of what they actually need but you know just bring a little bit of hope bring a toy to that kid something small that you can do to help out and, and make somewhat of an impact to a to a small child 
So check that out, the Western Kentucky Toy Drive. Uh, moving on, Will, to uh, another music segment on our podcast. I don't want to be totally sad on this uh, episode, but uh, obviously some some bad stuff happens, and you got to pick pick yourself up and move forward. And that's what we're trying to do in Kentucky. That's that's who we are as Appalachians. That's what we talk about all the time. Uh, appreciate all your suggestions there, and let let's roll back into the the episode. I'm I'm pretty excited about our guest tonight. Uh, again, another guest, way more famous than us, that you know probably shouldn't be talking to us, but thank the good Lord, he he still loves Kentucky. Yeah, I was definitely happy to have him on, and you and you could tell humbleness of where his roots lie. It was, all, it was good to hear and good to good to talk to him. Never a doubt when uh, when we ask this cat where home is, what's going to come out of his mouth? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we've had, like you mentioned, talked about the dulcimer, just kind of the history behind that Appalachian music last week. But the week before, you know, we talked about that old-time country music, and that's exactly where this voice, this gentleman, that's exactly where his voice comes from. He is that old-time country. When you hear him sing, you definitely get taken back. Yeah, I've talked about it before. Just so impressive to be a singer, songwriter, uh, to be able to to take your thoughts and and your stories and put them down on paper and then make music out of them, it, it's it sounds easy, uh, but there's nothing easy about it. And I just always appreciate somebody that has that talent that, that can uh, play anything you put in front of them and uh, you know make it sound good at the same time. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Mr. American Idol, Alex Miller. Straight out of G- Gary County, straight to American uh, Idol. Lancaster's finest. Let's get him on here. All right, let's do it. Well, you came down from your big old city and don't rock the farm. One little ditty ain't got violins, but we can solve feeling if you don't rock it. Let me tell you a little, tell you a little thing about that. Don't let the barn door hit you. Don't let the barn door hit you. Don't let the barn door hit you on your way out. Don't let the barn door hit you. Don't let the barn door hit you. Don't let the barn door hit you on your way out. On the show tonight, we have Alex Miller from Lancaster in Garrett County, Kentucky. He was on season 19 of American Idol, made the top 50. And since that time, he's taken the stage at several state fairs, open for Hank Jr., Josh Turner, Lee Bryce, Rhonda Vincent, and Shannon Doa, just to name a few. He's also graced the stage of the legendary Ryman Theater in Nashville. He recently, just a couple months ago, signed with Billy Jam Records and recorded his first album that's due, due to be released in early spring of 2022 his single don't let the barn door hit you was just released you can check that out and also just out for christmas time that's what christmas is for is his newest single i also want to mention in october he was named the texas roadhouse artist of the month alex we want to thank you for being on the show we definitely appreciate your time we usually ask every guest 
Neil and I have a tradition in our family, as most Appalachians do, around the holidays or anytime we have a get together, we have appetizers, usually more appetizers than the meal. So we wanted to ask you quickly, do you have a favorite appetizer or holiday dish? So my favorite thing my, that I have and around the holidays is my, my aunt makes a great, great mud pie and she puts Oreos in it, all kinds of good stuff. And that's, uh, that's what makes the holidays for me. Oh, Can't go wrong with a good mud pie. I know that's mm -hmm. a great answer. Just to kick it off, since we got that question out of the way, you your sound is so cool. It's definitely I know it says on your web website a throwback torch carrying champion of traditional country music. You know you remind us so much of Hank Hank Senior even. Randy Travis or George Strait, you just have that cool sound. Who did you grow up listening to or, or who gave you inspiration for music? Well, I, I draw inspiration from just about anywhere. You know, I listen to some Kentucky greats like Bill Monroe and, and a lot of those kind of guys. And and But like Hank Senior, as you said, was one of my favorites as a kid. I also listened to a lot of Western music like Ernest Tubb and Bob Wills and a lot of the old, old guys. And uh, even listen, but the 90s is where I, I, I kind of like a lot of that stuff, like Tracy Lawrence and George Strait and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, that's a definite another big wheelhouse for me. Is there somebody is there somebody that kind of turned you on to that? I know uh, you sound uh, wise beyond your years, but is there somebody in your family that's uh, that turns you on to that that type of music? Yeah, uh, it all goes back to my uh, my granddaddy. He uh, he's uh, about seventy four years old, and I guess he's about seen it all. And so he uh, he's uh, I guess giving me some knowledge and wisdom, and told me things to stay away from and stuff. And one of the one of the favorite things he always used to do was always uh, he had uh, old Grand Old Opry VHS tapes we always used to listen to whenever I was a kid, and all kinds of old CDs and stuff. And we'd always listen to them going down the road or watch them whenever I was at their house and uh, it's kind of just influenced me. It was all like country stars of the fifties or, you know, something like that. And we used That's to watch awesome. those all the time. I guess that kind of rubbed off on me somehow or another. <laughs> That's awesome. Most guys your age don't know what VHS is. <laughs> well, I, I was born in 03. I got, I got the tail end of it. <laughs> I know you're from Lancaster or Garrett County, right in the heart of central Appalachia. You've been playing, I think I read, since you were three years old. But how did you get from yeah. small town, eastern Kentucky, to American Idol? Well, you know, there's a lot of people and a lot of places involved. But the, the big story I'll tell you is it goes back to my mom. It was one night we was talking about what I was going to do after high school. And I was 17. I didn't want to go to college. I just, I mean, college is a good thing. I think a lot of people should go. But I didn't want to be one of those folks. I asked my mom, I said, you know, I want to do music full time, really well known or anything like that. And I was just asking her, you know, why can't I do music? You know, it's just a hard thing to get into. And she's right. It is. She went in the other room and we kind of got, kind of got scrapped a little bit, kind of got into it. And she went in the other room and she said, all right, son, I'll help you. I signed you up for American Idol and uh, kind of just did it on a whim. You know, I didn't think I'd go past the, the executive producers. I just went on there to have some fun and see what what could happen, if it could happen, you know, whatever. And I went on there and I see Blackman pretty good. And so I got to go out to San Diego and then on to Hollywood and, and the rest is uh, what you saw on TV. That, that's an amazing story. You know, you, you don't always hear that about the small town Appalachian kid making it to American Idol. How has your career kind of taken off since then? I mentioned a lot of people that you opened for. How has it kind of taken off otherwise? 
Well, you know, it, it all goes back to having a good team around you. As, as we all know, uh, you know, a, a business can't run without lots of folks helping it to go. I've got a great manager, a great agent, and a great publicist, and my, my parents are helping me on things as well. And uh, it's uh, it's definitely takes a team, and uh, I've got a really good one behind me. And uh, it's uh, it's definitely a, a whole family experience. Whole everybody involved works hard. It's that's kind of how I would describe it. Neil and I, I don't know if you know, but we're from Eastern Kentucky as well. We grew up in Pineville or Bell County. Okay. I'm sure you know where that is. Mm-hmm. I think growing up, we didn't always recognize as Appalachians. Yes, we're Appalachians, but we didn't always use that term to to describe ourselves. Do you, do you recognize as an Appalachian? Are you are you proud of where you're from? I would. Oh, yeah, I'm most definitely proud of where I'm from. You know, there ain't a lot of folks in Lancaster, as I said on the show, you know, you got to count the cows and chickens to get a census <laughs> report. And that's about right. It's a very, very small town, but very, very homelike. And that's what I like about it. You know, you can it's a place that you can go out in the yard and, and you know, take a whiz and nobody will, nobody will say anything else to you about it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I do that all the time in London. Kentucky, <laughs> You know, we mentioned the Ryman Auditorium. I have two favorite venues. Ryman is either one or two. And the 930 Club in D.C., I lived in D.C. for a while. Those are one and two for me. But, you know, Ryman has so much history, so much tradition. Do you have a favorite venue that you've played at so far? And where would you like to play? What, What venue would you dream of playing? I've played a lot of shows this year. I really have a lot of a lot of really nice shows like Kentucky State Fair and a lot of state fairs and things like that. But you know, like we was talking, the Ryman kind of takes the cake for this year. I mean, that that's just uh, something you dream about. You know, I remember watching them. Like I was talking about them shows from the fifties; those were filmed there. And so, getting to be a part of that and being on that stage where all that happened is is truly unbelievable. But if I had a place that I'd like to play. I would say the Grand Ole Opry still. Um, haven't got to go and do that yet. Still waiting on that, but definitely a place that I would like to grace the stage and, and make my mark on. Well, I definitely, I'm sure that's coming. We sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hometown question real quick, Alex. I know you're okay. from Lancaster and Gary County. We've talked about that a little bit, but is, do you have a favorite place to go or thing to do there in Gary County? <sighs> There's a lot of good places to eat and go. Um, my my favorite place to, I'll, I'll just give you eat because that. That's what's on my mind. It's about lunchtime. So um, <laughs> my, my favorite place to eat, there's a new place that kind of opened up here. And it's a deli-like place. You can go in and get meat slice and cheese and stuff. And they make great sandwiches. It's a good meal. If you're ever in town, it's right in the middle of the square. I, I, it's just a deli. They're on the square in town. Sounds good. For you now, I guess probably two or three years ago when you went downtown to the square, it, it was just a, a another kid walking down the square. But is it? do you find people looking at you in a different way nowadays? Yeah, uh, it, it's very interesting. Um, we just recently went to Texas, and uh, that was an awesome experience. I got to go down and play in Austin and in Greenville, Texas. Great town. And like on yeah. the way down, we'd stop at gas stations, and, and you could just tell people were looking at me mighty funny. And then some people would come up and say, would you like to take, could you take a picture with me? And I say, why, sure. And then I'd take a picture with them in a gas station in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that's just, <laughs> you know, I, I would have never dreamed that and, and wasn't really expecting that after the show. But uh, people definitely have uh, attached to me and, and really enjoy, I guess, what I'm doing. And, that, and that's so flattering. You know, people come up to you and say they like what you're doing. There's no better feeling than that. Do you get that same feeling there in Gary County as well? Oh yeah, everybody, everybody here around here, I guess knows me or, or knows of me or you know whatever. But uh, 
it's uh, it's it's very home like. So a lot of people will come up to me and say, "See you, see you open for Hank Jr." It's really really good to see you doing that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm in the paper. I, <laughs> I've been in the paper uh, four or five times. And uh, only reason, only way you do that around here is if you've done something really bad. So it's nice to be in there for something good <laughs> this time around. <laughs> we can relate to that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Lancaster, I, I know I mentioned your your recent single, "Don't Let the Barn Door Hit You," which is a great country swing. It, it kind of sticks in your head after you mm. listen to it once. I, I know you filmed uh, the video in Lancaster. Was it important for you to film it in Lancaster to keep it at home? Oh yes, and we have a long history of recording music videos here. In fact, back whenever the Good County Stockyards was here, John Michael Montgomery's video, uh, I can't remember, it was about the auction. That was filmed there at the oh. Good County Stockyards. Really? And uh, it was, uh, that's a big, big deal whenever that did. My dad even skipped school to go up there. So it was nice <laughs> to do something to kind of do something like that. And uh, we actually filmed most of the, some of that video in the square in town and we filmed out at my granddad's farm which we had to clean up a barn for. And I'll tell you, that wasn't, that wasn't exactly the funnest thing I ever did, but uh, the video was definitely fun filming. So you're telling me that you worked to clean out the barn on your own music video? I sure did. Lord, we, we was throwing stuff everywhere. We found stuff that he lost 30 years ago. So it was, it was mighty nice. He didn't like it though. He wanted us to put everything back in his, you know, unorganized place. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a little interesting to do that. It's good to know that granddad still treats you like the little grandson. He sure does. Makes me still work sometimes. <laughs> he calls me up and says, oh, there's a cow out over here. Can you come help me? And I say, well, yeah, I can come help you. And we'll go over there and spend all day <laughs> doing something, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that kind of time with him anymore, so it's nice to go out and, and do that kind of stuff with him. So That's even though you're touring and playing, you're still working on the farm, right? Every now and then, every now and then, I get to go out there when I'm home and you know help them. And I always go out whenever I come back off off the road, and I come back and see my grandparents and tell them all the things I got to see and this, that, and the other. Because they don't get to go and travel like they used to be able to, and so it's nice to come out and tell them what I've been doing. This question might relate to that, but you know, I mentioned your album coming out early next year, sometime in 2022. But we also know that you you wrote several of the songs on this upcoming album. Just to let the listeners know. It, what inspired you to write those songs? Was it where you're from? Was it farming? Was it, I, I don't know, just growing up in Garrett County? Or did you have other inspiration I'll, for the songs? I write a lot from personal experiences. And, and some of the songs on there, you know, uh, you know more relationship-oriented type things. But there is definitely some homegrown type songs on there, too. So um, I would say definitely where I grew up and the people I was around definitely influenced a lot of the songs on the record. And, and a lot of them were sayings I've heard. Like one of the songs I'll give you all a sneak peek is uh, Girls Must Be Clumsy Because They're Falling For Me is the title of one song. <laughs> and so that that came from a saying I've heard uh, heard a long time ago. So it's, uh, it's very interesting how a lot of these come together. So there's a lot of people out there that sing and, and claim to be uh, singers, uh, but very few people can can write a song and sing about it. So I'm, I'm really impressed that, that with your ability to write and sing. I'm sure since you've been around music kind of your whole life it, it sounds like do you remember the first time you sat down and, and decided hey, i'm gonna write a song oh probably whenever i was about seven years old is whenever i first sat down and, and wrote a little bit of a song you know everybody kind of writes songs or rewrites songs when you're riding driving down the road we all do that you know i had a very i was a very imaginative kid i never had no you know imaginary friends nothing like that but i uh, uh definitely had a lot didn't have a you know people 
play with or nothing like that. Cause I, I got a, my brother, he's 13 and he come along about four years after I did. And so he was a little younger. And so I had come up with, had to play a lot. So I played with little wooden trains and stuff like that. And kind of my first musical memory was asking my granddad, was there any uh, country music songs about trains? Naturally, he pointed me in some directions of the Folsom Prison Blues and Wabash Cannonball, stuff like that. But uh, he played uh, Folsom Prison Blues for me, and then I was I was hooked. I said, "Well, I got to learn how to play stuff like that." So that's that's good stuff right there. And so uh, it kind of started from that. I, I wanted guitar lessons really, really bad when I was five and six, and so we went over to a little guitar shop in Rockcastle County, Kentucky. Thompson's Guitar Shop. It ain't there no more, but uh, I took lessons there for about two years, and uh, that's kind of how it all got started, really. Awesome. You know, you're such a, a young guy, but you have such a presence on stage. You you can tell you've been playing for a long time, you know, on stage and stuff. I, I mentioned it in the beginning, you know, you, you've opened for Josh Turner, for Hank Jr., Lee Bryce, a lot right. of lot of great country mu- musicians. You get intimidated in that crowd or, or how do you relate to those country legends being such a young guy from Eastern Kentucky? It, you know, I, I perform, I try to do the same show for everybody and I try to do my best. And, and for those legends, I try to do my best and show them up, but that's, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, I just try to have fun on my shows. And like you said, I've been playing, I've been playing shows. I started on stage about seven years old and I grew up in church singing too. So that, that was another way to get out and, and get in front of folks, but intimidation, I've never been the one to kind of get scared of something. So that, uh, that's never been a problem with me. <laughs> To that point, I was going to ask you, where does your confidence come from? A lot of young people your age are a little shy and kind of backward, but I sense an extreme amount of confidence when I hear you speak, and, and I, I think it's a, it's a great thing. I just wonder where that foundation comes from. Well, you know, I was told as a kid there's a lot of difference between confidence and arrogance, and I try to, you know, try to ride that confident line as much as I can. I, that yeah. definitely comes from working on the farm because, you know, I've, I've been up some hills with a bush hog that – Ain't nobody can walk up. So, uh, you know, he's kind of got to live day for day for that one. But yeah. uh, I, I guess that I guess that's kind of where it comes from, you know, working on the farm, being around folks that uh, work hard and put a lot of work in. That that definitely helped me as a kid um, and it definitely has influenced me now. Great answer. This may relate to that answer, but, you know, we, we talked about this before. But as you well know, you know, sometimes as Appalachians, we get overlooked or sometimes just all out forgotten because of where we're from, because of how we talk, et cetera. What advice would you give a young kid in Appalachia? You know, you're, you're young yourself, but just a, what, what advice would you give a youngster that may, maybe it's not music, but something else that they're dreaming about doing? What, what advice would you give them? I would say, you know, I, I, I had dreams of being a singer and a musician and entertainer. And uh, it all starts from that. If you can dream it, then you can do it, you know, and to, a, to an extent. Um, if you want to start a business and, you know, have a good life and do that kind of stuff, you can do it. There ain't nothing, nothing nobody can do to stop you. Uh, most important thing, you know, get a good education. And, you know, I, I did good in high school. I ain't, I ain't dumb, you know, but people <laughs> people think you are because of the way you talk. I, I know how that is. You know, whenever I went out to California, they're all like, where are you from? You know, this, that, and the other. And I said, well, I'm from Kentucky. And they're like, well, that's cool. And this, that, and the other. So actually folks, you know, we get, you know, the people think our accents are funny and this, that, and the other, but, uh, it's for some people, it's, it's not a bad thing to have one, you know, it's very recognizable and it's, uh, it's a good thing to have. I know it's helped me in a lot of situations. 
we talk about that all the time on our podcast. No matter where we go, usually the first question when you start engaging people is where are you from? You know, that's that's kind of what we do here to try to dispel some of the disbeliefs. Just because you sound a certain way doesn't mean a certain thing about you. So right. you do a great job of uh, exuding exuding confidence and, and speaking very well. So uh, I commend you for that. It's very interesting, you know, uh, a lot of people will, will ask me, it's like, are you, is that really the way you talk? And I'm like, yeah, that's the way I talk. I can't talk any different. I ain't prim proper. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about your professional lessons uh, with the guitar. Have you ever had any professional singing lessons? Oh, Lord, no. I sung with the radio and that was my, that was my lessons. If I could match those guys, then I was doing something right. So no, no singing lessons for me. I, you can't, you can't train something that can't be trained. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. incredible. Speaking of that, I know you mentioned Hank Sr. when you were younger, but you have a favorite country artist? Oh, mm, that's a tough one. I, I, Hank Sr. would be uh, would be in the top three for sure. Um, I like George Strait very well. And uh, as a third, that's where it gets difficult because those, those would be my top two probably is Hank Sr. and George Strait, but not in any particular order. Yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those. No. What, what about a duet? If you could play a duet um, with anybody, I guess, living currently, who would it be? Well, you know, I'd, I'd always like to do something with uh, Dolly Parton, but that's everybody who wants to do something with Dolly. You know, if I could team up with some Kentucky guys like Chris Stapleton or Tyler Childers, that would be really cool to do as well. You, you want to play something for the listeners, and then maybe we can talk <laughs> about your your Christmas single or, or your new new album, but you want to give them a little taste? I know you got your good talk. Oh, Yeah. I can give them a little taste. Speaking of experiences and, and things that I've been a part of and probably shouldn't have done, this is a little song I wrote for an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, from a small town, Kentucky. She didn't do me very well, so I didn't do her very well either. So I wrote her a little song <laughs> that I did on American Idol. I hope y'all enjoy it here today. It's going to call them Over You, So Get Over Me. Well, time and time again, I try. And just when I get you off my mind, off my mind, well, you come crawling on your knees, falling, crying, and begging, please. But I'm over here, so get over me. Well, lately I've been a getting. Great. All right. Yeah. Oh, loved it. I can relate so to that. So I did that. I did that little song at a school talent show in sixth grade. And I wrote it before the show. And it was, I wanted to go in and do it. And I asked the teacher if it was okay if I did an original song. I said, yeah, that's fine. And they probably thought I was going to do something on the order of Jingle Bells or something like that. But I went in and did that. And they, the teacher loved it. And I said, you're going to have to do that on the show. I said, okay. So I went in and did it. Come time for the show. I mentioned to one of my buddies, I said, I wrote this song for an for ex-girlfriend, and, and I was sixth grade, so I mean, it wasn't very hard to figure out who that was. And so <laughs> I, I went in and did the thing on the show. Oh, man, she was so mad. Well, I did the song, and like everybody in the auditorium stood up and like were clapping and cheering and hollering. 
And but except the there was one little girl that was my ex down in the front row. She was sitting very firm in her chair, and uh, she had a nice long conversation with me about how I should never probably do that song again. And you know it wasn't good that I did that to her. And I said, okay, you know I guess you shouldn't have left me. You know this kind of thing. And so whenever it comes to idle time, I said this is exactly what I'm going to do. Even even though it was back in sixth grade, I'm going to get her again. So I did, and uh, it was it was awesome. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. You want to you want to tell the listeners about your upcoming uh, Christmas single? It, it's already out, but you know, if the listeners can definitely check it out or you can tell them a little bit about it. I sure will. So this is a little song that uh, is called That's What Christmas Is For. And you know, that's a good question for us all to ask ourselves every now and then. You know, the holiday season's coming up and friends and family are going to be coming around and the song kind of speaks to that. But uh, it, it's a very good little song. And uh, if you like Christmas songs, it goes right along with Jingle Bells. So I hope y'all uh, go out and give it a listen and uh, make, the, make the bells ring. <laughs> and where can they find it? Oh, yeah. You can find it anywhere music's played. So Spotify, Pandora, YouTube even. Uh, anywhere that you listen to music, I guarantee you it's there. Well, he, I even looked it up and it's on TikTok. I saw that it was on there. So that was kind of <laughs> interesting to see. But uh, uh, anywhere music is, you can find this one and listen to a little bit of That's What Christmas Is For. It's a, it's a great song. I listen to it and, and something you can put on all throughout Christmas. We've had a lot of success with it so far. It's It's got quite a few streams on Spotify, which is very, very good to see. I'm just really glad folks are going out and listening to it. I was just going to ask, we ask all of our listeners to kind of think of the first thing that comes to mind when I say this word to you. So okay. what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the word Appalachia? I think of the mountains over uh, over in eastern Kentucky. That's exactly what I think of first. You know, they're they're beautiful. If you ever ever seen them, then you need to go see them. It's uh, it's I, quite a drive to drive through them, especially this time of year. Sometime I'd love to I'd love to hear a song come out of your mind about Appalachia or, or, or mountains or something like that. So uh, I think that's a you're great getting answer. my gears going right now. <laughs> Putting the transmission in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's a great answer. I, I want to ask you one question that we also ask all our guests. You know, you already spoke about Lancaster and still living there, still working there on the farm. But where do you call home and what makes it unique? What makes it home for you? I would definitely still call Lancaster my home. I do a lot of traveling. I've been down and done some things in Tennessee all over. But Lancaster is definitely my home. And the reason I call it home, you know, I've lived here all my life, you know, and I wouldn't know any other place to live. I'd be lost. So I'm just glad to be living where I'm at. Great answer. I, I'm sure this is probably your favorite Zoom interview of all time. I can't imagine that American Idol Zoom call was any better or any different than this. <laughs> nah, it was. it's pretty stressful. It was pretty stressful on those. I, I had to do good on those. So. <laughs> I uh, want to give you a chance if you want to you want to talk about your upcoming album. Like I've mentioned a couple of times, it's coming out next year. But is there anything you want to tell the listeners about it? I know you got a new single coming out at the first of next year. Anything you can say about it? Um, I will definitely say that this next song, if you like the first one, that uh, to me it's 10, 11 times better. It's it's a it's a more laid back kind of country song. It'll harken back more to the 90s side of country. So if y'all like that kind of stuff, you'll definitely like this next one. I'm, I'm super tickled with how it turned out. It's, uh, it's a really, really good song. And uh, y'all better make sure to check it out when it comes out. It's, it's looking like towards the 1st of February, maybe in the middle of February, somewhere around that time. I have a note, one more question for you. And it's kind of, 
you kind of alluded to it already, but, and then maybe you can play us a song to play us out, but what's on the horizon for Alex Miller? What's next for Alex Miller? Well, you know, I'd, I'd always like to keep putting music out and, uh, and, and keep playing shows. That's what I enjoy doing the most, you know, going out and seeing the folks that really enjoy what I'm doing. That's where it's at right there. There ain't nothing, nothing, no bad. And, uh, the fact that I get to go out and do, I've done so many this year, been truly blessed and I just want to keep continuing that success been doing a lot of things recording and it's always good to put more music out and that's kind of what's the horizons leading to uh, right now gonna have a lot of a lot of cool songs coming out and i just hope the folks are ready for them <laughs> well neil and i are ready we're definitely going to check them out sounds yeah, like a plan to me that's what i was going to say alex i appreciate your time and we're very proud of you as kentuckians and as eastern kentuckians and one of the points of our podcast is just to gas up individuals throughout eastern kentucky that are doing great things and you're definitely on on the uh short list there so we appreciate your time and we look forward to hearing more great things from you in the future well neil and will it's been an absolute pleasure y'all are y'all are really fun to talk to we're gonna have to get together sometime <laughs> absolutely I, I i live in london alex so uh okay i know where that's at very well <laughs> yeah we're we're close by so hopefully we'll we'll bump into each other and if you're Sounds ever like playing to me, thank you, fellas. If you if you uh if you're playing a show close, we're definitely we'll we'll definitely come check it out. You better, doggone you! I hold it to you. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to play us a song to play us out? Oh, well, sure. Uh, let's see. We're talking about Appalachia and uh, all that it does. And one of the one of the things that's come out of Appalachia is bluegrass music. So I'll tell you an old song that I learned when I was a kid. One called "The Freeborn Man." I was born in the Southland Some twenty-odd years ago Lord, I ran away for the first time When I was only four years old with a freeborn man Yeah, my home's on my back, on my back I know every inch of the highway Put a back road here my railroad track. Well, you may not like my singing, and you may not like my song. You may not like the way I talk, but you love the way I'm gone. I'm a free born man. Yeah, my home's on my back, on my back. I know every inch of the highway. Ever put a back road here my railroad track? Yes, I know every inch of the highway. Ever put a back road, every mile of railroad track. Perfect, man. Uh, All right. Awesome. Alex, again, like Neil said, we appreciate your time. You seem to be so humble, such a nice guy. We definitely appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you all for inviting me. Neil and Will, it has been an absolute pleasure. Y'all are great to talk to. You really are. Thanks, All buddy. Right. See you soon. Well, time and time again I try. And just when I get you off my mind, off my mind, you come crawling on your knees, falling, crying, and begging, please. But I'm over here to get over me. So, Will, after talking to Alex, are you a little bit more impressed that he's 
as talented and as young as he is. There's so much talent running through his fingers. I mean, just the way he was playing the guitar, it was really impressive, man. I was impre- definitely impressed. <laughs> so well-spoken, you know, he, he, you could tell, obviously, we're not his first interview, but uh, I was just super proud of him, you know, a Kentucky kid, Garrett County boy, and, you know, it just seems like he's destined for, for stardom. Definitely, you know, I've read articles on him, and they talk about coming straight out of high school ag class and FFA to the national tour of, of major country acts. And, you know, that one question we asked him, you know, when you're in the room with those legends, are you intimidated? His answer was, absolutely not. I try to do my best in whatever I do, which I thought was pretty cool and a uh, great answer. Yeah, and it takes takes a lot of confidence in self to be able to, to actually do that. It's one thing to say it, but you can you can totally see it in action. Alex has got big things in store. I don't know if you've watched that video or not of his new debut single, but man, shot in Kentucky, it was awesome. Really good stuff. Yeah, it's so awesome that he kept it at home. You know, he did sign with, like we mentioned, Billy Jam Records, but to just have it in Gary County, to film it in Gary County, Lancaster, Kentucky, just shows where his roots lie and just a really neat video. What's up next for us here, Willie? I did want to mention, I've heard him say before that he he did go from American Idol to touring with some of the country legends, but Idol didn't make him a star. You know, he didn't just go straight from Idol to becoming a star. He had to work with the team, develop a team, and really put in the hard work, which he has, and I, I think that shows. Absolutely. <laughs> you can be gifted and, and blessed with a with a great, strong voice and – and good musical instincts, but it does uh, require an awful lot of hard work. And uh, Alex is putting that in every day. and He deserves everything he's getting right now. So much love to, to him and, and Garrett County and Lancaster, his home. And I can't wait to get over and check out the diner. I'm dying for a sandwich right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to check him out on tour, man. Uh, like we said, if he, if he plays anywhere close, we'll definitely check him out. And I, I look forward to it. Yes, sir. Should be a good time. I did want to mention uh, before we jump off here, just, you know, hit us up on Facebook, psych, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know uh, who's out there that you want to hear from. Anything you can you can suggest that, that we might tap into. We'd, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Also, show us some love on there as well. Um, got some merch getting ready to come out. So looking forward to that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe just helps our podcast and helps you know when we release an episode. Neil, there is, you know, the section of place. I thought I'd ask you tonight if there's anything relatable to this episode or anything you'd like to talk about in regards to of place. Man, I just want to take it back to the beginning, really. And, And there's people hurting in Kentucky and. I know we mentioned it several times and we kind of started this thing on a somber note, but I just want to end it on an uplifting note. There's been difficult times before and I know Kentuckians and I know Kentucky and I know how strong the people in this state are. With the support of folks listening to us tonight or listening to other people out there talk about it and just seeing it on the news, hopefully uh, during this time of year, you can take the opportunity to give back a little bit that you've been blessed with and help uh, a brother Kentuckian in need. So whatever way that you can reach out, just uh, I encourage you to do that this holiday season. I asked my boys a couple of days ago, uh, I kind of told them the situation and, and asked, you know, what, what can we do? What, 
what do you want to give or do you want to give? And both of them, after hearing the story, one of them said, Dad, I'll give $40. And the other one immediately said, Dad, all I got is $25 in my wallet, but I'll give it all to them. You know, just from the, the mouths of babes, uh, it kind of hit me pretty hard. You know, they were willing to give everything they had for uh, a fellow Kentuckian who was in need. Obviously, I, I was super proud of them, but uh, I know that sometimes it, it, it can be as little as $5, whatever it is, it can help somebody, especially during the Christmas season, it might buy a toy for, for somebody out there in Western Kentucky. So just wanted to encourage you guys to do that again. And um, I appreciate everybody listening to us. Yeah, very well said, man. Coming off that, since I did want to mention that we have 12 days of Appalachia. So check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. By the time this airs, we'll be on day nine, maybe. Uh, but you can look back, a lot of great businesses, a lot of great products in Appalachia, and we just want to highlight at least 12 of them this holiday season that maybe you could add to your list. I guess we can end it like I usually do. Till next time. Peace. I've shopped at every store in town to fill my Christmas list. I've laid awake nights wondering, is there anyone I've missed? I've stood in line just to buy gifts I can't afford. I've spent all I've got, but so what? That's what Christmas is for. That's what Christmas is for. That's what Christmas is for. Family and friends. That's what Christmas is for Well, it's Christmas Eve around the tree Excitement in the air Mama brought some apple pie for everyone to share And that chocolate fudge Sure is good I think I'll have some more Oh, I might gain weight But pass the plate That's what Christmas is for That's what Christmas is for That's what Christmas is for Family and friends acting like kids That's what Christmas is for Now it's time to put the kids in bed But before it gets too late Let's take a moment to remember Why we celebrate That's what Christmas is for That's what Christmas is for Christmas is for family and friends acting like kids. That's what Christmas is for.